This podcast is brought to you by MyPillow.com and its revolutionary new product, MyPillow 2.0. Go to Mike Lindell's website, MyPillow.com, and order the new MyPillow 2.0 and get two pillows for one when you use the promo code Navarro. Again, use the promo code Navarro. That's N-A-V-A-R-R-O. That's MyPillow.com. Use that promo code Navarro. Now, here's former Trump manufacturing czar Peter Navarro with his Taking Back Trump's America podcast and Substack. Punk's traitors and Trump's metaphoric mega kill shot on desanctimonious. Hi, I'm Peter Navarro. And in this latest episode of my Taking Back Trump's America podcast, I want to talk a little bit about what it takes for a former member of the Trump White House to land a cushy gig on a TV network like Fox or CBS and talk a lot more about what happened over the weekend at the Trump rally in Waco, Texas, and why Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has already likely made a fatal strategic error in his quixotic quest for El Presidente. Okay, for starters, over the last several days, we've seen former Trump White House official Mick Mulvaney go on Fox News and bash Donald Trump, and Trump's former press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, offered praise and hosannas for the traitorous Mike Pence. Meanwhile, former Trump National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow continues to drag investors down the road to their financial ruin on Fox Business while dissing Trump. Former White House Director of Strategic Communications Alyssa Farah regularly tramples on Trump for CNN, and former Trump press secretary Stephanie Grisham was last seen blowing up on that fountain of wokeism, otherwise known as The View. Just what is going on here? It's pretty damn simple. The corporate media across the ideological spectrum has made it very clear that to punch their ticket and get a lucrative gig, you have to punch Donald Trump in the nose or kick him in the gonads, or, in the case of Mulvaney and Farah, do both. For me, hands down, the worst of these traitorous pricks, and that term best describes Mulvaney, pardon my French, is none other than Mick himself. You can read my book in Trump time for the deep dish version, but in a nutshell, Donald Trump was kind enough to pluck Mulvaney out of congressional obscurity and give this ungrateful airhead not one, but three cushy jobs. As the director of the Office of Management and Budget, the one and only smart move Mulvaney took was to hire Russ Vogt as his second-in-command. Yes, Russ did all the work while, yeah, I think Mulvaney kicked back on the golf course. For God knows what reason, the boss then made Mulvaney acting chief of staff But that lasted only right up until the point of arguably the worst press conference ever held by a chief of staff that almost got Donald Trump impeached. As his final kind gesture on Mick's way out of the White House door, the boss handed Mulvaney an ambassadorship to Northern Ireland as a face-saving gesture. Yet, despite all of this, Mulvaney has consistently trashed Donald Trump on television. And at CBS, he likely makes more dinero than all the other Trump trash combined, save Kudlow. Let me be clear here. Mick Mulvaney hates Trump and hates MAGA, 
And when I was in the White House, I constantly had to fight him over my efforts on behalf of the boss to strengthen our manufacturing base, both through tariffs and through the two simple rules of the Trump administration, buy America, high America. Mick is an ungrateful punk, and anybody who sees him in those fake owl-eye spectacles should also know he is dumb as he appears to be vindictive. As for the women traders, McEnany, Grisham, and Fair, it, it just makes me sad to see each of them, who I genuinely like during my time at the White House, sell their souls to the corporate media devil. I get it. They've got ambitions and mouths to feed at home. Yet the only one worth forgiving is Grisham, who was treated horribly by Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and did not deserve that ill treatment whatsoever. As for McEnany and Farah, it just boils down to naked ambition at great expense to the greatest president in modern history and to this country. Finally, there is Kudlow. He spouts his free market at any cost nonsense, never mind the Chinese cheating, like he's been doing for the last 40 years. And again, Kudlow was one I had to fight every day in the Trump administration just trying to do what the boss promised to do, crack down on the unfair trade cheaters. Larry Kudlow would have none of that, and now he's making his million-plus bucks a year on Fox, consistently misreading the stock market and screwing up investor portfolios, not of the big hedge fund managers, mind you, who know Kudlow is full of it, but us little people who try to manage our own retirement savings and have to listen to the misleading crap Kudlow peddles. I'm sure it hurt the boss deeply when Larry let him down, but for me, it was a paradigm of assumed inevitability. Trump was just Larry's ticket back from obscurity to TV fortune and fame, and now he's punched that ticket. Well, there it is. I share this kind of information with you simply because I think it's critical that we all be astute observers of what the corporate media is trying to feed us. Just be aware that when you see officials who used to serve Donald Trump run him down, know also that they were never, ever loyal to Trump, even when they were in the White House. They're just political climbers out for themselves, never mind the country, never mind MAGA, and never mind you. Now, for the big finish. After a long hiatus, I returned to Newsmax for something that I really enjoy, which is to help cover the Trump rallies. So I did a six-minute segment that was fairly wide-ranging that I urge you to take a look at on Rumble or by going to my substack at peternavarro.substack.com. In the meantime, the points I covered were this. In his campaign for president, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has gotten very low marks over the last several weeks for his flip-flop on Ukraine and cheap porn star shot at Donald Trump. But, as I point out on Newsmax, DeSantis's real problem is that he has virtually no support in Magaland, and that has been a self-inflicted wound. Point one, folks in Magaland have watched with dismay as DeSantis has groveled on both knees for the Democrat hedge fund managers and globalist political action committees, like the Club for Growth, for their filthy lucre donor money, thereby signaling DeSantis's mm, de sanctimonious 
sellout of black, brown, and blue-collar Americans and middle-class families who simply want fair trade, secure borders, and an end to endless wars. Point two, the current effort of the George Soros-backed district attorney in New York tracks all the way back to efforts that began right after Trump won the 2016 election. From my perspective in the trenches, I was one of only three senior White House officials who would be with the president all the way from 2016 to the end of his first term. I traced the history of efforts to take out and take down Donald Trump using weaponized agencies of government like the FBI and Department of Justice. It was a disgrace then. It's a disgrace now. At any rate, please enjoy the Newsmax clip on Rumble. Please leave a review of this podcast. And as a bonus, I'll play the audio clip for the remainder of this podcast from Newsmax. And I'll see you next time. Peter Navarro, out. Well, joining us now for reaction and discussion is former Trump White House trade advisor and author of In Trump Time, Peter Navarro. Peter Navarro, before we get to Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin, I have to ask you, if anybody knows about political persecution, it's you. So I want your, <laughs> yeah. I want your reaction to what is going on with Trump real quick. I want to hear it. Uh, well, look, uh, as you as you said, Lydia, I myself was put in leg irons for doing my duty to the country, the Constitution and my commander in chief. Um, what we have is a weaponized Department of Justice and the Department of Justice and the Biden regime are doing everything possible. To, the uh, Soros backed uh, D.A. in uh, New York, uh, they just want to take him out. And it's nothing new. See, that's what's scary about this. This goes back to 2016. I, I, you know, I'm the only one of three people who was with the president all the way from the campaign in 2016 to the to the end. And I have a long institutional memory. And those son of a bitches started after him, right after the ballots were counted, and they got General Flynn uh, in an entrapment scheme. Uh, they did the Russia hoax, and then they did the impeachments. And now at the other end, they're just it's a part of a same pattern and uh, this partisan weaponization of government. I mean, the FBI itself, it's a disgrace today that that's become such a political weapon. I mean, they're going out and interrogating school moms for showing up at school board meetings and then telling them not to tell anybody that they interrogated them. So that's what's going on. Trump's holding his head high. I think today, this rally, a couple of highlights I think I want to hit. Yeah, I think he's going to go in for the kill shot on, on uh, Rob D. Sanctimonious. What, uh, what is that kill shot, by the way, Peter? What is that? A kill shot means he's going to he's going to try to take him down uh, by exposing him in front of the world today with with his discussion of desanctimonious. And so a kill shot in political terms. I mean, DeSantis is on the ropes now, but for a reason that I'm, I'm not sure anybody's really hit on yet. The reason to me is not because he's making all these stumbles. The reason is because he's gotten in bed with the Wall Street hedge fund managers, the Never Trumpers and the Club for Growthers who uh, stand for everything that MAGA does not. 
And if you look at some recent interesting polling from Richard Barris, you see that DeSantis has none of the deplorables. DeSantis is the sanctimonious only hope was to outflank Trump on the deplorable MAGA front. And as soon as he got in bed with the globalist elites on Wall Street, uh, he gave away that flanking maneuver. And now he's just one of the pack. And, you know, he's not a seasoned guy. I've, I right. said all along. Peter, I, you know, and I, and I, I, I agree with you. I, I do want to talk about what's going on in New York and what you think the president has to say about that tonight. Because you know everybody in Alvin Bragg's office is going to be watching this speech tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, the grand jury is going to get back together on Monday. We could, we could have an indictment by Monday afternoon. Um, what do you think? How do you think the president tackles this, addresses this tonight? I think he'll hit it, hit it head on like he's been hitting it head on. These are just, these are just the Keebler elves. This, this guy in New York. Remember, there's a bunch of DAs across this country who were put in place by George Soros to go soft on crime and push the Democratic agenda. This guy in New York is simply trying to take out. Donald Trump. And, you know, it's what's what's Make weird about himself. it. It's it's a misdemeanor. It's not going to take him out at all. And I mean, look, it's just rehashing old stuff that's been discredited. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll address it. I think, look, the important topics tonight are the bank crisis. Your little breaking news for you. Yep. Donald Trump tried six ways to Sunday to fire Jerome Powell when he was still president because Powell was doing such a crappy job. And the fact that Joe Biden reappointed him basically has gotten us in to the biggest mess That's because what, what, what Powell has done with that bailout of, of the banks now has basically blown up any attempt to control inflation. He's, he's just ruined any chance. Yeah. yeah. Inflation at a four year high control inflation. So, but yeah, I'm sure the president will talk a lot about the banking crisis and what he would be doing. Fact is, all of these things are politician-made disasters. Remember, he's in Waco, yeah. Texas. Yep. He had two million illegals streaming across the border, driving down the wages of black, brown, and blue-collar Americans, overwhelming us with crime and fentanyl. And he's right there in Waco. So you, you can bet your bippy he's going to be talking a lot about Peter Navarro, that. as always, we'd enjoyed the heck out of it. Great having you on this evening. Um, we are right, looking forward wow. to the former president about 40 minutes away from him taking the stage there in Waco, Texas. Peter Navarro joining us. Uh, a lot more coming up. Look around, but tell me what you see Every day, more people in the street Too bad, they sent our jobs away In China, they're not workers, they're just slaves People wait it's a world of trade and greed And the CEOs get richer And our jobs all move offshore Oh, 